0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280,
1: The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
2: Chris Mannix. It's not an issue
0: of getting the test. The NBA can buy whatever they want. They can find a private outfit to sell them the 20,000 tests. Whatever it is they need, they have the resource to go out there and do it. But if the optics are bad, they're not going to come back. They're not going to buy 15,000 tests to play a postseason Vegas while New York and Michigan and California are struggling to get tests. The testing has certainly improved. It's not not where it needs to be, but it's trending at least in the right direction. If testing just improves to a certain level, the NBA is going to be willing to open up its checkbook, buy the tests it needs, and get it done a lot of the same ways that the UFC got it done this past weekend.
2: That was Chris Mannix from the show yesterday as we continue to follow the story uh, as it evolves of if and when the NBA will return. Uh, The Jazz had players in their practice facility yesterday. That, of course, is a small step we talked uh, a lot about. Uh, This is an interesting one today, reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, that uh, the the NBA Players Association started polling its membership today about how they feel on a return to play this season, basically what happened is the regional reps reached out to the the players they represent and uh, with just a simple yes or no question uh, do you want to return to play and well, you know obviously they can't return to play if the players aren't comfortable with it so this this is an interesting step in this process.
0: It is because I think most fans would just sort of assume that they would want to. Not so fast right? At this point they might not want to. Right. And might not, especially those who are more financially secure. Although most of them are,
2: and it's not. I think it's not just about the risk, which of course matters, but it's also about you know if you have to stay in one place the whole time while this is going on. I mean, there's family arrangements and sacrifices and those sorts of things that you know players certainly have the right to voice their opinion about.
0: Yeah, and they should. Now, this is really interesting to me. I can't wait to find out. And obviously, we're not going to find out who voted which way. But wouldn't that be interesting to know who is so thirsty for basketball that they want to get back to it? Right. And who, who is suffering from a level of discomfort? Who is Who has kept himself in playing shape or as close to it as possible, very difficult to do under some circumstances and who has sort of let it go because you would be less likely to want to come back and play if you had not done so.
2: Right. And you know, the the sal- future salary caps are, are based on re- basketball related revenue. So you know, they, they're they going to feel, players that is, they're going to feel the pinch with this uh, regardless. And can you minimize that impact as well? That's something they certainly have to think about. Okay,
0: so Jake, how impactful is that, do you think? What would your guess be? Obviously, we don't know. But uh, do you think that there are players who are essentially planning out what this is going to cost them if they don't?
2: Well, certainly agents are thinking that way, I would <laughs> guess. Uh, and, and relaying that information... Uh, to their players, but uh, the NBA was already gonna the the salary cap was already going to go down uh, because of the the incident with China. Remember those conversations yeah. that feel like years ago, but were actually yes, months indeed. ago. Uh-huh. Uh, so the revenue was already going to take a hit, and the cap was already going to go down. And some people were saying, "What was the figure, Gordon? Do you remember off the top of your head?" Some people oh, were saying man. something like. Was it 10% or no, it was less than that, 6%, somewhere in in that range. So that was already happening. And now throw this on top of it, you know, it's – it, it depends if they can finish the season like this. Uh, DJ and PK were bringing this up yesterday and it was a great point. If you can find a way to fulfill your contracts with your regional networks, there is a big chunk of dollars uh, that will not be, you know, it's all about protecting what you've got right now. Right. And then okay. combine that with, uh, you know, national te- nationally televised game, fulfilling obligations to the national networks where you get the, the full sum of those contracts. You know, 40 percent is is not going to be an option. Because that's what they're making from the gate. But how much of the 60% can you salvage? Right, right. And And, then that's important because if you can't salvage any of it, well, nobody's getting paid in the near future. I mean, they'll, well, for one, they may, if they don't play at all, they may just uh, toss out the collective bargaining agreement, which would be pretty catastrophic, actually, for the players, in my opinion. Um, So So no
0: matter how financially secure you are or no matter how much money you have or how much money you're getting off your shoe contract or all this, uh, this is when you stack up the dollar figures as far as potential loss, it's going to be substantial.
2: Yes, yes. So how much of that can you hold on to? And that absolutely, I mean, the the owners and the players have a 51-49 split. Uh, of the pie that's a that's a big chunk going to the players and you, you know a certain amount you talk about those veterans that are financially secure i mean there's there's a certain amount of looking out for the next generation but the 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 impact will be very immediate
0: hmm. that i imagine that will that will affect uh many of these votes yes very much uh, and even even for those who who may not feel like they are completely prepared but when you talk about that kind of cheese involved, uh, you know, you, you, you can find a way to get yourself back in shape, or at least enough to get out on the floor again.
2: Or cheese! And they're going to have to do something, Gordon, that you've talked about. They're going to have to trust the NBA a little bit. So I'm sure they're asking, you know, how much they they how much faith they have in the overall organization cuz they're the ones who are going to have to set everything up responsibly to provide an environment that couldn't it's impossible we've talked about this before to make it 100% safe, but make it as as the circumstances as mitigating as possible to make sure that they could proceed responsibly, and they're going to have to put their faith in Adam Silver and the NBA a little bit on that front.
0: So, well, based out of our, based on what we've seen out of the NBA right from March 11th on, and maybe even prior to that to some extent, I, I think he has earned some degree of trust. I think he, the way he has gone about his business. As commissioner of the NBA, I trust him. I think he's going to make the right decisions as far as these things go. Now, whether, whether the players uh, feel the same way, I guess we'll
2: find out. Well, I think they've acted responsibly so far. I'm with you on, on that. I think there's some track record there, so... Uh, I, I, you know, seeing what the Jazz uh, have gone through to reopen their practice facility or knowing what I do about it, I mean, it seems like that's been uh, handled in a very responsible way. So, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of this stuff, if you can proceed responsibly, it's in everybody's best interest to proceed. So we're, you know, just all figuring that out. And that starts with something like this where you gauge where the players are at. Because if, if it's overwhelmingly no, then the, there's really nothing to get started, right? All right. Right.
0: Well, we'll find out. When Do they know when they're going to release that?
2: Uh, no, because the report really was just uh, from sources to Adrian Wojnarowski. So, uh, I don't know. But before they well, proceed, they have to get the answer to that, right? And that has to be become
0: known. Uh, right. You know, that, that that's going to come out. It's going to have to because if it is no, <laughs> now, wait a minute, then the league is going to have to make that known uh and well that will be that will be a bad look for the players if that's the way it turns well,
2: out well if you want to look at this really cynically it also gives union leadership a gauge of just how many votes they have to whip
0: hmm.
2: yeah maybe so if if leadership wants to do it i mean that that's a gauge on how many minds they have to sway <laughs> because you know <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> uh because again the bottom line is is so significant i'm sure the i would guess that the leadership is is pretty on board because the consequences are pretty dire so uh you know it wouldn't even get this far if the leadership weren't on board wouldn't you think gordon
0: yeah yeah that, that makes sense but still i mean we'll
2: see what the reality is well if i were a player in this circumstance i'd definitely twist some arms how badly do you want my yes vote? Because hmm? Papa needs a new jet ski. And Chris Paul's got plenty of money. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's how the world goes round, Gordon. Although if yeah. an NBA player really was angling for a new jet ski, it
0: might be Chris Paul. He's got a history with us. Oh,
2: yeah, you know? he does. That's true.
0: And he's a second banana boat.
2: He's a, he's a water sports enthusiast. It's true.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I don't. uh, Do you think that some of the votes will be swayed by the suggestions that have been uh, put forth as far as what it's going to look like?
2: I would guess so. I would guess a lot of players, you know, want to know what what exactly because obviously it's it's going
0: to be contained. I don't don't know if it's going to be on on uh, various home courts in front of no fans, or whether it will just be. you know, in, in a bubble situation, I I, I don't know, but uh, some players' votes might be swayed uh, over that sort of detail.
2: Well, some are going to be. Uh, the question I I would guess the biggest question players are going to have is what's the family situation. Can your family come to or, you, you know, how much contact do you have with your family? I mean, listening to Joe Ingalls as the Joe Ingalls show has gone on on uh, DJ and PK, that's a big concern for him. What, yeah, it is. Because just going away from your family for several months in isolation, you, you know, that's that's a that's a big sacrifice. And so, even
0: for those guys who aren't married, uh, let's just say that there are,
2: <clears throat> hmm,
0: are a lot of associations.
2: Really? We've got to creep this thing up. Uh, well, actually, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that uh, regional reps for the NBA Players Association were reaching out to players with a yes or no question about returning to play. But it appears, Gordon, we've got ourselves a little bit of a media catfight on our hands. <laughs> that video is just so incredible. Uh, Sham Shirania now reporting. Uh, Shams says the National Basketball Players Association has released a statement to Shams, the uh, athletic and stadium, uh, quote, the NBA PA is not engaging in and has not authorized any formal poll of its players. Shams goes on, according to sources, the NBA and NBA PA are forming a work group and have a call Tuesday to discuss return to play strategies uh, that will include NBA president Chris Paul and players Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, Kyle Lowry and Dwight Powell. But yeah, come but on, polls are fun.
0: Whenever I see,
2: <laughs>
0: whenever I see that kind of language, it makes me wonder what's wedged in between. Because when you say the MPPA is not engaging in and has not authorized any formal poll, yeah, right. of its players. In I mean, between okay, the lines, there, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's uh, okay, whatever. I mean, is there? are are people taking account uh, well maybe they are and that the way that is written is not necessarily a lie
2: well again you know what they're doing is they're gauging how many votes they're going to have to whip right right that that really is exactly what what's happening I, I have no doubt that there was some sort of communication put out there and adrian wojnarowski's report is probably right on the money but you're you're 100% right what what is a formal authorized player poll indeed <laughs> i like polls you know that's uh, that is funny so uh i kind of like the the catfight idea but it's really not all that conflicting <laughs> <laughs> the players association was just uh, the leadership was probably bothered that it got out there so you don't know, have to come out and say "Oh, no. <laughs> no formal poll was authorized by us no we're just saying account Saith Chris Paul. We're, take, we're taking a very informal count. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And it came to pass, no former poll was uh, a right, right. Sent out, they're, yeah. they're just figuring out how many players they're going to have to bribe to get this thing going again. Mm-hmm. How many wheels are going to have to be greased? Yeah, yeah. Yep. What, what what would you request, Gordon? <laughs> I want a, I want a new side by side. No, I
0: I'm perfectly happy with. Uh, yeah, with uh, everything as
2: is. Yeah, but you don't have a vote to leverage. If you I know, did, I bet I you know, could figure I it know. out.
0: But I would not. I would not play that game. A new
2: wing on the manor.
0: I, I just. I, I don't. I, no, not at all.
2: No, no, not. Uh, no. There's a time. There's a
0: time maybe that to to reach for more, and there's a time just to ease off.
2: And maybe this is one of those. You times. could request lotus number two. <laughs> no. Two lotuses are better than just one. No, there's a time and a place for
0: everything. Now is not the time.
2: Aren't those now called low-tie? Great point, Austin. Great point. Uh, Gordon, let's talk a little college football, shall we? Kyle Whittingham had a Zoom press conference today. And uh, let's start with this. Uh, uh, Coach Witt talked about uh, what to kind of do if players aren't comfortable with playing.
1: You know, first of all, you know there's going to be a lot of things that uh, that arise that uh, probably haven't even been thought of yet. That uh, hurdles that we've got to get over, and and uh, you know, in answer to your question about if there's underlying medical conditions i mean obviously the safety of the athlete is first and foremost and so if we go into this thing and there's not a vaccine in place or you know there's like i said there's so many variables that you can't i don't know if we can really adequately answer that question at this time but but i think that uh, you know i can safely speak for all three of us that the, the student athletes welfare and their, their safety is first and foremost and and uh, i don't think anybody's interested in putting them in harm's way in any way shape or form and and uh, so that'll be job one uh, as far as the travel and getting people here that'll probably be a, a challenge as well i mean you know who who knows how much lead time we're going to have before we get the go ahead and, and you're right we have some players from australia uh, and england as well and so that'll be uh something that we've got to you know get ironed out but but uh kind of like most of the questions we fielded i mean there's just so many things that uh, have yet to be determined it's hard to give you a concrete answer on that
0: well, Jake, it's good to hear Kyle Whittingham have that attitude and that's what I would expect out of him. Uh I mean a guy who has been around as long as he has and who uh is as smart as he is, understands the proper perspective there and uh he hit the nail on the head.
2: Well, I mean, it, it's not a professional football team, you know, it's it's college young people uh who I you know are amateurs and there's a, a different kind of responsibility there, I think from a head coach and so it's yeah that that should be his opinion I think it's a it's a really good op- opinion there's you know 100 young people who uh, follow his lead so I'm with you.
0: How many times was he asked a question where he included the phrase oh, we don't really know yet
2: <laughs> probably uh, over Everyone. and over again because we don't I mean yeah. we, there are so many things is, uh, that we don't know uh, that it's, it's tough but uh, I mean Coach Witt sounds like he has his priorities uh, in the right place. Let's get to this one. Uh, This is interesting. So we touched on this, I think, uh, what, last week, Gordon, where um, maybe parts of the conference will have the green light. Other parts, you know, other schools in different states might not. Here's uh, Coach Witt talking about that.
1: Yeah, as far as my opinion, uh, you know, for training and training and and the six-week lead-in, or whatever we call that period of time, the two different entities, and right. I don't believe that uh, players that have the availability and the opportunity to train should be uh, that should be withheld from them. I think you know it's everything's in the best interest of the players, in my opinion. Uh, there's imbalances and inequ- inequities all across the board in the NCAA I mean, facility-wise, recruiting bases, nothing's really equal when, when you really look at it. And so I would hate to see athletes just sitting around that you could be training and getting ready for the season. Uh, just because uh, other places aren't quite yet to that point. Now, the other side of that is I think that, you know, the lead in time to the season needs to be the same. You know, if you got six weeks, uh, seven weeks, whatever, I think that needs to be uh, mandated. But uh, I just don't like to see athletes that uh, would have the opportunity and have the clearance and the go-ahead have to sit around and wait uh, just because of where they live. And like I said, there's, you know, we could debate all day long how much inequity there is in college football. And, and uh, you know, that's just my opinion.
2: I, I like that Coach Witt covered both sides there because yeah. this is a, this is a very complicated uh, question um, because yeah the, college football by, by nature is complete everything is different you know nobody is is really equal uh, right you know one, University of Utah is located in Salt Lake City not Los Angeles right uh, which is different recruiting to I mean it's just not equal it's it's impossible and, and uh, so you know wouldn't you want your players, uh, you know, meeting with their strength coaches and on campus and and all those things? You know, uh, I get what he's saying about the lead-in time, but that might not be an option either. So this is this is a, a really delicate question, actually, for the Pac-12, maybe more so than the other leagues. Certainly more so than the leagues in the southeast.
0: Yes, and you know maybe we have the sound, but uh, Kyle Whittingham said he was on board with the eleven game conference only uh, schedule and uh, maybe we'll hear that but but this is where that comes into play. Whatever form the schedule is gonna take, you have to have some level ground to jump off of, right? Uh
2: I yeah, I agree with you. Let's let's we were talking you know, about okay we- but before we get to
0: that, even though what Kyle just laid it out that that there are these inequalities, the qualities, but it seems like training, it wouldn't be fair to have one team that's been practicing for three weeks and another team that's been practicing for twice that long.
2: Well, I think that's the distinction Coach Witt made, right? Right. Like six weeks prep time, he's talking about like camp. Yeah. But he also, you know, doesn't want to see his players prevented from coming back and and meeting with Doug Elisaya, right? All those important things that they do during the summer. Mm -hmm. he wants he's don't prevent students that opportunity if it's if it's possible but I get what he's saying about the camp here's here's that quote you were talking about Gordon
1: well yeah uh, you know right now obviously there's uh, you know all options are on the table and we've got uh, all kinds of things we've talked about uh, as you know as a as a conference and and uh, the other conferences doing the same thing so I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered first of all I mean the ideal situation is we start on time we play the normal schedule and got fans in the stands and away you go Uh, I think the odds are probably against that but uh, if it comes to uh, playing a conference schedule then you know we're all in and that's a you know if that's what it takes to uh, you know to get the season in and, and get things done in the best fashion possible then then uh, you know that's what we go with, but I think we're still uh, several weeks out from from having any real concrete direction on on uh, you know what's going to happen and how things are going to be set up. But but uh, that is certainly one of the possibilities. Now I haven't heard of an 11 game. You know, we've heard a 10 game model and a nine game model. I guess there's nothing wrong with with an 11 game model if you if you have the the time frame. My you know one of my big uh, issues is trying to avoid playing games during finals I think that's tough on the student athletes and and I know we have bowl prep during finals and so forth that's a whole different ball game than than getting ready for an actual game that week and so uh you know I think we're going to try our best to get as many games as we can and uh we'll see what happens but like I said there's so much unknown and so much uh uh, fluidness to the situation that uh there really is it's pointless to really try to pinpoint any one uh direction that we're going to go it's going to have to wait and see and and go from there
2: so there Although
0: there he says he's all in if they were going to do that. But he said for he his, in his mind it was more for an abbreviated season uh, as opposed to an 11-game conference-only setup. And that brings up what you talked about yesterday, Jake, that it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to play an 11-game conference-only schedule if typically you were going to play 12 games anyway. Right. <laughs> You're saving one game. Uh, what, what what difference does that make really
2: yeah I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense unless you, you know their their agenda is they want to go to an 11 game conference schedule permanently and using this as an excuse to do so but i don't i I don't know i I don't see what purpose well,
0: that talk serves. to talk to sc about that when they want to play Notre Dame or Stanford you know I mean it's, I'm not
2: sure how much no I don't sense think that, that makes I don't either so what's what's the the point in doing it Mm-hmm. Uh, other yeah. than maybe you don't want your universities traveling across the country, but I mean, you're in conference; they're going to be traveling, anyway, right?
0: Yeah. What difference does it make if you're traveling from Arizona State to Washington versus uh, Utah to some other place or SC to Notre Dame? I mean, you're you're on a charter jet, right? Right. And you're getting on the plane regardless. It's just spending another half an hour in the air or whatever it is.
2: I agree with you. So that's why that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The, the, the whole conference only thing made sense if, if you were not going to start the season until later. Right. Or if somehow your, your window to play football games was, was narrower, then you cut it down to eight games, only play those in your conference, fulfill as much as the TV obligation as you possibly can, and then you call it a day. Uh, well, but, but 11 games, that doesn't make any sense.
0: It was interesting what Kyle said there about uh, not wanting to have a game the week of finals. Uh, that that's interesting to me because uh, okay, how how is that doable? Now we talk about sort of breaking the season in half or having uh, a couple of weeks off and then having to start up again. I guess they do that in bye weeks. I mean, may, maybe they could maybe they could do that with uh, with you know with a with uh, an intermission for, for finals. I I don't know, but uh, that was an interesting comment on his part.
2: Good for him. Uh, I mean, yeah. they are student-athletes. I say this all the time, whether that's, <laughs> you know, people view them that uh, or not, they actually are. So, yeah, the game prep during finals, that'd be brutal. Gordon, I, I know your college years are a while back, but, I mean, finals, that, that stinks. Who wants to be prepping for a game during that? So I, I'm glad he's sensitive to that. He should be. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and I don't know, unless professors are sensitive to it, too. Right. All you know, right. If that's the case, then you're probably taking the kind of class that is amenable to being a football player.
2: <laughs> what are you implying by that, sir? Nothing. Nothing. I hate amateurism. Pay those college <laughs> athletes. Last, last time I checked, you weren't an, an engineering major. <laughs> All right. We'll have more of The Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.